there's a theme which runs through Sukkot. Central to both the time in the year when we celebrate Sukkot and also to the avoid that we do on Sukkot. But in order to explain it, we need to digress for a moment to discuss a concept which is very much elaborated on in the works of the Arizal. And that is the concept of what's called Kalim. We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides how much to give a person, whether it's in terms of bracha, shefa, life, ruchnius. And we're not talking now about Hashem's justice, or when Hashem decides to withhold or punish. We're talking about the Midas HaChesed, when Hashem wants to give. Hashem wants to open his hands, like the Pasuk says, and when Hashem wanting to be generous, and Hashem wanting to give, so the question is, how much is Hashem going to give? And obviously, every midah of Hashem is perfect, is absolute. And if that's the case, when Hashem wants to give, what's going to determine how much He's, he's going to give? What stops him giving limit, limitlessly? Because Hashem's chesed is limitless. And the answer is, and this is the aside, that what determines how much a Kaddish Baruch can give is how much the person is able to take. An overflow of bracha, which is a person unable to absorb, can have one of two negative effects. Either it's going to be destructive to the person, or it's just going to go to waste. Let's give a marshal to explain that. If I have a bottle of water and you have a cup, and you ask me to pour you water, I could pour you the bottle, especially if I was a Balchesed. But what's going to happen if I try to pour a bottle and you only have a cup? So really what happens is, the maximum I can pour you is a cup. More than that, it's just going to waste. And if that's the case, if you would want to receive more than just one cup of water, you would have to bring a bigger cup. That way I'd be able to pour more. So the one option is if a person doesn't have the capacity to accept more from Hashem, so then Hashem is not going to send more, it's just going to go to waste. The second option, that is if the, if the person isn't strong enough to receive the bracha that he wants, he becomes destructive. Always give the marshal. If I'll take the same cup, the same cheap plastic cup, and I will be wanting a drink of water, and I'll be standing at the base of the Niagara Falls, so I think it's a tremendous amount of water here. Let me just put my cup into the falls and I'm sure I'll get a full cup of water in no time. What's really going to happen is the force of the water is going to break the cup. And same thing, people who are suddenly blessed with tremendous wealth or any other ability which they didn't have before, it often leads to their undoing. It's not something which is necessarily positive. 
And therefore, Kodesh Baruch limits the amount of bracha he sends to the amount that a person is able to take and the amount that's good for a person. I want you to start to explain the Gemara, which is otherwise a very difficult Gemara to understand. On the Pasuk in Malachi, that it says, Hashem says, I will pour bracha for you. I bleed I limitlessly. And we think to ourselves, what an unbelievable thing. A, pr- a promise for a blessing of limitless proportion. And Chazal and the Gemara Chagiri come along to explain what does the Pasuk mean, I bleed I? Chazal explain it. That your lips will tire of saying enough. Why is that the Pshat in the Pasuk? And if a person is being given bracha, so why should you want to say enough? And the answer is Chazal explaining the Pasuk to us. How does a person get limitless bracha? It's true that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has an infinite capacity to give. But a person has a very, very limited ability to receive. So if Hashem would be pouring limitless bracha into the person, it would be akin to the case of pouring a barrel full of water into a little cup. So how does Hashem give us limitless bracha? And Chazal explained the process. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens in numerous stages. As much as the person is able to receive, Hashem will give. Until he reaches his capacity. Until he says, die. Enough. This is the maximum I'm able to take. And when that happens, then HaKadosh Baruch has to stop giving because there's nowhere, nowhere more, so to speak, for the person to be able to receive that. But, if a person wants to get more, so then you can extend, so to speak, the ability, his ability to receive. He can widen, if you want, the proportions of the kli. And if that's the case, HaKadosh Baruch can give more. can give more until the limitations of the sec- of the kli that he now has. And then once again, we'll have to say that. This is the most I can take. And this process will keep repeating itself. As the person extends himself, and therefore enables himself to be able to receive more of Hashem's bracha, then the bracha will come. But, until he says enough, and therefore the way to get limitless bracha is through limitless stages of increased growth, and therefore the capacity to receive more each time. Therefore, the opinion of a person has to be in two stages. The first is the creation of the Kli. After, one, after the Kli has been created, it's now possible for HaKadosh Baruch to fill the Kli. The human being works the same way. First Hashem creates the body of Adamaration, the shell. After that, then HaKadosh Baruch can blow into it a certain Ruchnis, a certain life. How much? Based on Adam's ability to receive. That's the concept of Kedim. Now we see another interesting point. When we talk about, so to speak, the spiritual contents of the Kli, so we have two principles. We have one thing called Arpnimi, which literally means the R inside the Kli, 
And we have another concept called R Makif. R Makif means the surrounding R. If there would be a certain halo around the outer of the Kli, that's called a Makif, something which surrounds the Kli. What's the idea of a Makif? In what way is that connected to the Kli? So the Rizal explains that there's a certain level that a person can absorb inside of them. That's what we call a Pnimi. There's a certain level which is above a person. That is still able to connect to them. It connects them from the outside. In the sense of it's something a person is aspiring to. He has shaykhs to. Connection to. It doesn't yet contain. And therefore, instead of being inside the person, this level of the R surrounds the person but is attached to him from the outside. This is called an R makif. When we come to think about, to learn about the avoid of Chodesh Tishrei. So, it's not for nothing that the Yom Tovim are all in such close proximity to each other. Shoshani, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, with barely a chance to breathe in between. We understand the reason for that is because they're all part of the same process. They're all part of the same process. And what's the process of Chodesh Tishrei meant to be? So if we look at the very first, so to speak, incident we have, which happens in Rosh Hashanah, we know that in the first year of the creation, Rosh Hashanah was the day that Hashem creates Adam. Hashem creates Adam, that's the creation of man. Adam originally was the one human being entrusted with the mission of bringing the world to accept the Malchus of Hashem. We know Adam failed in the task. And therefore that became the collective responsibility of the Jewish people, of Kal Yisrael. And if that's the case, then in spiritual terms, what happens in Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the concept of the creation of Kal Yisrael. Now Kal Yisrael already exists, obviously. But every year, it will be a new creation of human humanity. Just like there was in the original Rosh Hashanah. Now Hashem is going to recreate people for the coming year. So we made the process of which begins in Rosh Hashanah is the concept of creating a person again. Not just on the individual level, on the communal level of Kaisra. And therefore, once again in Rosh Hashanah every year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yeshev Al Din Hashem is deciding who's going to live and who's not going to live. How many are going to be created and how many are going to pass away. We know from the Kabbalah that to talk about a full so to speak, concept, a full level, we talk about it being divided into ten uh, segments. We can talk about the the area, the level of, so to speak, understanding. We're talking about a person, and we break the top level of a person's ability to understand into three sections. We call them Chachma Bina and Das. We can talk about a person's Midas, and that also breaks into three stages. We call them Chesed Gvaratiferis. We can talk about a person's 
responsibility to act. And also to bring the three stages we call it Netzach Fajisad. And then after that, all these three, so to speak, sets of three. So the final stage we call the Malchus. That's the combination factor, when everything comes together. In the terminology of Kabbalah, the, ma- the Malchus is also called the Kala. We call it the Kala a bride, but really it comes from the term Kol Hey. Kol is a word in Hebrew for all of something. Kol. Everything is included there. And therefore, to create a full level, or we call full parts of, you need all these ten elements to be to be together, to contribute to the whole. If Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the creation of Klai Yisrael for the coming year, it's a ten-step process. That's why we have the Asaris and other. The Kesar, the highest level, the, st- the beginning point of the creation is the Rosh Hashanah, and it, com- it continues until Yom Kippur. As the Asayi Mitzvah and Yom Kippur, we have a finality, so to speak, of the creation of the Kli of Klai Yisrael. And therefore, what the Kli is going to be, and what nature Klai Yisrael is going to have, and how much they are going to be able to receive, that's all the din of the Asayi Mitzvah. That's when, so to speak, conceptually, Klai Yisrael is being fashioned for the coming year. And therefore, now is the time for a person wants to daven for what form Klai Yisrael is going to take. What they're going to be possibly entitled to, now is the time to do that. Comes Ne'ila, the end of Yom Kippur, and at that stage, the Klai is completed. Ne'ila is called the Chosin, so to speak, so to speak, like the final stamp. And at that stage, the key is completed, the, the tzura, if one wants. The Kaisra is going to have, for the next year, has been determined. That's the first part. That's the side of building the key. But now, after the key has been built, now it's possible to fill the key. To fill the key. With Hashem's bracha. And therefore, straight after Yom Kippur, the Avodah changes. And now we go through the next 10 days. I should say 11 days, really. The days before Sukkot, leading up to Sukkot, and the Chag of Sukkot itself. And those are the days of Chesed. And what comes down in those days is that Hashem is filling the Kli, so to speak, with the, with the bracha that it's now able to receive. We have two mitzvahs in sukkahs. The one is the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah. And the other is the mitzvah of the Arab Minim. Let's look at something interesting. The mitzvah of sukkah, really, what it requires from a person is to put himself in a place where he's surrounded above on all sides by the sukkah. He lives there, he eats there, he sleeps there. He's being encompassed by the sukkah. Being surrounded by the sukkah. That's the one mitzvah. The other mitzvah is the mitzvah of Abraminim. And here we see an interesting thing also. The way we yes the Abraminim is by taking them up, shaking them in each direction. And then afterwards, 
This is only a minag, but it's minag nevim. To walk in a circle, so we call the Hashanah to walk in a circle with the Arimim around the central point. The point of the mitzvahs of Sukkot, the avoid that we're doing, just like the avoid of Sesame Shiva, was to create the Kli for the year, the avoid of Sukkot is to bring down the, the Kayach of, of Chesed, the Bracha, into that Kli. There's two ways to do that. There's one thing that we call what happened on its own, what HaKadosh Baruch sends down. And there's a second through our Maisim, what we're able to, so to speak, bring down for ourselves. The Sukkah represents the Ormakif, like we said before, which, encompass, which surrounds a person. And that happens on its own. As soon as a person goes into a Sukkah, he's surrounded. He's enveloped by the embrace of the Ananiya covered, which we call the, the R which surrounds the key. The Mitzvah Arab Minim is us, so to speak, bringing that R down to ourselves and then creating a, a second level of R, which comes down through our Maisim. And that's what Arizal explains that the way to shake the Arab Minim isn't just to take the river and like wave it, flap it in each direction. It's a forward-backward motion from a person's heart out and back in again. In each direction, up and down, it's out and in again. And the symbolism of that is that a person is supposed to be bringing the chef inside of them and then built from all the different sides. And then when we take our minion and we take a circuit with it around the bima, we're creating a second maki for ourselves, a second R which surrounds us. So that's our void of circus. The word of circus is the concept of being the man of the Kli that we created for ourselves in Shoshana and Yom Kippur. That's why we find a unique avoda and it's a simple space of And it's an amazing thing. On circus there was an added din to pour water on the Mizbech. And there was a mitzvah, once a mitzvah of the Nisra Chamaim. That's not what they were celebrating. The night-long celebration in the Besamekdash every night of circus Simchus Beis was celebrating drawing the water. Was celebrating going down to the Shilach and filling the Kli with water which was going to be poured the next day. Now it's interesting, this is just a prat in the mitzvah, how to get the water you're going to pour in the Mizdech. Why was this a source of so much celebration? Why was this a focal theme of Sukkot? And the answer is that represents exactly the avoid of Sukkot. It's the, the milu. It's filling the kli with water. It's filling the kli which is crea- created with bracha. And that's our Vodah and Sukkot. And even though Sukkot is only seven days, it's true. That's the, when the, that's when the, it comes, the, the, so to speak, the concept of the kli comes down to a lower part of the person. Part of the person which is involved in action. The days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, the days before Sukkot, are days when the oiris, which are coming down, so to speak, are still on the level of a person's above the level of a person's activities, and therefore we don't have to symbolize that are coming down by sitting in the Sukkot. So that's the second part of the Sukkot, the Chag of Sukkot. The first, the first part of the month is building the clear. The second part of the month 
is bringing down the Shefa, bringing down the Bracha to Vikri. It also makes sense in the context of Sukkot being the Chag Osif. The Chag, when everything is gathered in, it's talking in the agricultural sense, it's talking about the harvest of the year. But we understand something else also. As opposed to Pesach and Shepos, which are referring to the, when things are cut down in the fields. Nothing's being cut down in Shogos time. It's being brought into the house. That's the bracha which is coming to be mamale, to fill what there is in, in, inside. Now if you understand this, you say, let's look at that a little bit deeper. Let's understand which, what's the way to build the kli and what's the way to fill the kli. In other words, what's our avoid in each one of these things? When it comes to creating the kli, what's the avoid of the Yom in the right? The avoid of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? So we know. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Eshev Al-Kisedin. He's deciding what's going to be. And that's something which doesn't work with Chesed. Chesed is to, to pull, so to speak, to give. There's a place to give. Before that, when it's been determined what's the parameters, the dimensions of a key, it's the avoid of Gura. That's the limitation. How much and how big, what capacity, and therefore, that's Akadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, Miras Tadin in the Yom and How do we relate to that? What's our way? What mirror do we need to use in order to create a bigger kli? And it's an interesting thing, but it's actually in the first of the Gemara. The mirror we need to create a bigger kli is the mirror of Yira, fear of Hashem. It's in the first of the Gemara. The Gemara talks about the Pasuk, Vahaya, Munasitecho, Chaitin Yeshuas, Chachma Vadas, Yeres Hashem Hiyatari. You can have all six states starting with the Mishnah. Gemara says, Munas is Rain, and Atecho is Mayad, and Chaitin is Nashim, and Gemara says, Yeshuas is Nizikin, Kachin, Taris, it's all there. But if Yeres Hashem Hiyatari, the storehouse is Yeres Hashem. The storehouse is the, the plea which all the prayer is going to go into. And therefore the Gemara says, Haval, the person who's amassed wealth, amassed because there's nowhere for it to store it. The same thing, a person amasses Torah without the storehouse of Yira has nowhere for the Torah to go. So we see the middle of creating the storehouse, the plea, is the middle of Yira. And that's also the middle we try and work on as Sarah Mitchell. The middle of Yira. That's how we try and ensure that the clear that Hashem is creating for us, is as big as possible. The more euro there is, the greater the dimensions of the clear. That's the avoid of the first part of Tishri. But now what's the avoid of bringing down the shepherd to fill the clear? Once the clear has been built, and now the Anhaga changes, it becomes Anhaga of sending down the bracha, which is going to fall quickly, what do we need to do for that? So yes, like we said, there's a certain element which happens on its own. It happens on its own. Once there is a kli to fall, HaKadosh Baruch sends down a certain order to fill it. But if we want to increase the amount of shepherd, what's the middle we need to do to use that? So let's look at the pasuk. 
He's talking about the Armenian mistake for yourself. The Esrog, the Lula, the Das, and the Ravis. You must be happy in front of Hashem for seven days. What's the connection between Simcha and Arbaminim? And more than that, we learn that in the Basin Mikdash, the Mitzvah to take Arbaminim was all seven days from the Surah of Samachtim. The Chinuch, even though he's talking more Pshat than Kabbalah, the Chinuch says that the, one of the reasons for taking Shaykh and Arbaminim is it causes the person to be happy. It has a din of simcha. And here we see the aside. The middle which a person needs in order to bring down the shefa is the middle of simcha. Is the middle of simcha. When a person is besimcha, then that's the vehicle. That's the means that Akadish Baruch uses can then send the shefa to the person. And therefore, if the mitzvah we're doing on sukkahs is to bring down the shefa, Sukkot has a special dimension of Simcha. More than all the other Yamin Tavim because that's the tool that we have in order to bring more Chesed. Similarly, the Arbaminim, when they're meant to be shaken, it's Besimcha. When they sit in the Sukkot, it's Besimcha. And then to go to where we started, the Nisuch Hamayim, the idea of the, filling the Kli with water to be used to bring them is back. So it wasn't just filling the Kli. We asked, what is the big emphasis on the Midi Yamayim? And the answer is exactly this you said. It's meant to represent the shefa that we're filling the kli with, and it has to be done by simcha. And that's why there's such a tremendous simcha at the simcha's bezah sheva. The Gemara says, Leira simcha miyamav. A person that didn't merit to see that never saw happiness in their life. Never, never saw happiness in their life because that was a special level of simcha which a person needs in order to bring down Hashem's chesed. That's also why that became a focal place where Kaisha was there to Recha Kaidishra. That same middah, that same middah, that, that same ability that there was in order to draw down, so to speak, a chef of Ruchnis, not just the physical water that they were using to fill the Kaidim. That's a void of Sakas. The idea of the Hashanis. Every day, we bring down one of these ten levels, so to speak, the shefa to that level, and having brought it down to ourselves, we then do a makif, so to speak, to make it into an R which surrounds us. And on circus, we're surrounded by that chesed. The chesed we brought down to full ourselves, and then the chesed afterwards which we surround ourselves with, both the surroundings chesed of the lulav and the makif of the sukkah. And Pashas Hazinu, so, when Hashem's chesed is described to the way he acted towards the Dara Mabu, Dara Midbar, the generation in the desert, it is the same you said. He surrounded them. That was the R which surrounded them, that was the R which was there to, so to speak, being as they had the capacity to receive. So, Yimad HaKadosh Baruch sends down the R of chesed around them. For them to be able to to gain, to grow, to get more. Hashanah <laughs> Rabbah, the last day of Sukkot, is the Kailah. It's like we said, the Malchus includes everything together. And that's why we don't just do one circuit around the Vimah, we do seven. We've now put together all the various iris which we've received over Sukkot. 
just like Yom Kippur as a conclusion of Seyesh Yimei Tshuva. So it incorporates, so to speak, the avoid of all the Seyesh Yimei Tshuva. That's the conclusion of the creation of the Kli. And that's why Shana Rabbah is considered the second Chaisan. It's, it's not comparable to Yom Kippur. As we know from the Gemara, the Din of Yom Kippur is what's Kaveh. But there's a second element of Hashan Rabbah also. Yom Kippur determines the finality of the Kli which we've created. That's the amount we can receive. Hashan Rabbah is the end of the process of filling the Kli. And therefore that determines how much we've been able to, how much we've been able to fill our Kli with. This brings us to another point. I'm going to finish with this. But on the one hand, therefore, there is an element of, so to speak, a finality in Hashan Rabbah also. But the way to approach Hashan Rabbah is not with the year of the associated Shiva. It's not meant to be a second Yom Kippur. The avoid of Shiva, the avoid of Hashan Yom Kippur, is the avoid of Yira because that's what's needed to create a Kli. The avoid of Sukkot is the Simcha which is needed to fill the Kli. If Hashan Rabbah is the last step of the Sukkot, then that should be the, the last step of the Simcha process. If a person is doing the avoid of Hashan Rabbah, as a way to complete the mili of his kli, it should be done by simcha. Like we said, the minim, taking them was by simcha. So then, for sure, on the shanirabu, when we take the abrim so much longer, we don't just do one second about the we do seven. So we understand it's meant to be a continuation of that simcha. And that completes the two parts of the avodah tishu. That's the creation, the recreation every year of Klai Yisrael, and then based on what the clear of Klai Yisrael is, Hashem is sending down the bracha to fill the clear of Klai Yisrael, which will last us throughout the year. Shemini Atzeres is a separate advisor. Maybe Hashem will talk about it in a different year.